Step Into the Realm of the Paranormal Until the Last Drop, a show that blends paranormal stories and events with a themed drink. On this episode of Till the Last Drop, we'll be going over something that isn't a lesser-known cryptid. So since we've already covered the Jersey Devil and Mothman and all that, we didn't get to Dover Demon, but maybe in the future mm-hmm. we'll go to that one. Or maybe, what was the other guy? The uh, That Wolfman of Skankor Swamp or something like that? Something like that, it's, yeah. It probably has nothing to do with a skank, but I'm, <laughs> and I'm not talking about the ska dance either. But, oh, yeah. Um, anyway, this one is a larger cryptid, and not just based off of the popularity, but also by the size of his feet. This guy is known as Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah. Also known in Canada as Sasquatch, and Australia as the Yowie. Um, I believe Indonesia is the Orang Pendic, or mm-hmm. Orang Pendic. I don't know Orang what the exact. Pendic. Yeah. And um, where else? We've got the Yeti. That was in like the Himalayan area, I believe. Nepal. And Tibet, that's where they know them. Um, or if you want to be casual and you're up in Canada, you can always just call him Sassy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good old Sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to witness you uh, calling the Sasquatch Sassy to well, his face. I've always got the the idea preloaded whenever I go out in the woods and search for Bigfoot. Anyway, as far as the history of Bigfoot goes, I mean, like these creatures. The idea of these creatures have been around for quite some time. I mean, prehistoric man. I mean, like, if you're willing to go with the idea that one branch of evolution could have gone into Homo sapiens and one could have stayed as like a caveman style, then maybe that could be where Bigfoots originated or Big Feet originated. I don't know. <laughs> big what the, Feet. I don't know. Is it Bigfoots or Big Feet? I don't know. <laughs> the plural. <laughs> you are a Bigfoot. There See, are many Big Feet. <laughs> yeah. See, we're starting a lot more controversy right now, just with the plural of Bigfoot. Uh, but it could be like moose. Moose. Yeah. Mooses. Meese. Meese. Yeah. That's, Meeses. Uh, I don't care. It's the plural of moose is moose. Nope. Anyway. Uh, but on top of that, like some of the original video proof of it we get from 1967. Uh, what was his name? Peterson? No. Patterson. Oh, Patterson. Um, Patterson and Gimli. Yeah, Patterson and Gimli. They were up in uh, Northern California when they shot some video, which may have been looking for Bigfoot off of their feet, but I thought they were just up there to like do some surveying or something originally. Originally, I think you and I saw something before where they were talking about they were up there doing some hunting or something of of that nature, and they went into uh, the mountains in California. But upon further research, I found out that Patterson was up there trying to make a documentary about the Bigfoot mystery, and he actually brought a rental 16mm movie camera with him after he heard that there were numerous tracks in the valley around Bluff Creek, which to me makes it a little more suspicious as to whether or not it's real. Yeah. Although that could be a successful attempt at finding footage for your documentary. I mean, yes, that there is that possibility that he went there looking and he just happened to find what he was looking for. And of course, like bits and pieces of the video have been dissected constantly. I mean, they look at like the overall frame of the subject of Bigfoot in there and they say like, oh, the proportions couldn't be some guy in the suit, like the length of the steps. And even if it was a costume. 
Right. Like it would be so expensive at that time frame to actually do something that would be like that, that it wouldn't be, I mean, yeah, documentary, but like, let's assume that these are two guys going out and filming maybe like possibly the B roll for it, <laughs> but they're not going to have the budget and, and granted. Yeah. It's, it's Bigfoot. It wasn't as popular at that point. That really what brought it more into the media mainstream right. was that video. So it could have been on the fringes of it. Yeah, I mean, that that footage has been repeatedly analyzed by scientists and stuff over the last 40 years, and it hasn't ever been proven yeah. as a hoax. Yep. That was something that he took to his grave, too. Yeah. He made sure that he didn't say anything to anyone. So. I mean, if it is actually a hoax, it's a really good, yeah. successful oh, hoax. That's, that's the way to do it. Yep. There have been various individuals over the years that have confessed to being the man in the costume but all of the confessions contradict each other yeah and well, yeah one confession is going to con like contradict <laughs> <Right>? another <laughs> i was the man I was in the, the man. Costume. no i was the man no we shared it <laughs> that's right how do you think he was so big it's like three kids in a trench coat trying to be an adult <laughs> it's just a bunch of kids out there in a monkey suit one adult soda, please. <laughs> I am totally adult. <laughs> That's right. Um, but no, like no one's ever actually been able to bring forth the costume. Right. And nobody's been able, like you said, to create a matching costume. Though I guess a lot of people have tried. Well, even the construction of the costumes at that point, like they were using a lot more like latexes and all that. And that stuff will be pretty much fully degraded at this point oh, unless yeah. it's properly taken care of it would be gone and i don't think that that's something that you're really going to want to hold on to anyway if i so. was the person in the suit i would have taken care of it because i mean you can use that as leverage for the people who mm -hmm. shot the film to take care of you right <laughs> <laughs> i got i got these feet here don't make them go uh, stomping out into the media and discovering right? like you know the dead will rise so they can hear more content from Till the Last Drop. Once the Bigfoot story, just in general, in like newspaper and all that, once that went public, um, it became a character in men's adventure magazine and like cheap paperback novels. Ooh. Some of these stories, he was portrayed as like a primal, dangerous creature out of the past who lurked in modern wildernesses. The 1970s, he was portrayed in pseudo-documentaries as some sort of sexual predator. That's slightly <laughs> horrifying. Although... Don't camp in the woods. <laughs> maybe maybe that's some of where uh, the modern day uh, <clears throat> monster erotica got its start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to... <laughs> I might touch back on that one later on, but like, what was it saying? Like the, uh, some of the erotic stories that were written, like titles such as moan for Bigfoot. And the other one was like the horny werewolf or something. Like yeah. That. It's like, mm. yeah. Okay. Well, we already know that like octopuses have found their way into it, I guess. Octopi. Octopi. Yeah. But that's more on the, uh, Japanese coast. Yeah. So yeah. the Kraken. Yeah. I don't know if the Kraken's involved in that, but that is an example of like giant squid being found as a Bigfoot being found. I mean, we just need more time to look for it, maybe. To find Bigfoot? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, because the the Kraken, it was thought to be some mythical beast and all that, mm. and then they find giant squid. Right, and the the stories of the Kraken um, were originally based on the giant squid. Yeah. Um, it's just people, you know, out at sea see something that they're not familiar with, and larger than life, they're scared, and so the stories get exaggerated, and that could very well be what is happening with Bigfoot. Yeah. On top of that, like, uh, take the coelacanth, for example. That one was thought to be extinct like 60-something million years ago. Those things are so cool. And it was found in, like, 1923, I think it was, mm-hmm. by the guy. So I was like, oh, hey, it's off of the tip of South Africa. It's like, here's this fish that we thought was never, like, going to show up again. And mm-hmm. there it is. So, I mean, maybe Bigfoot's just underwater. Maybe he's just snorkeling for a really long time. <laughs> underwater? <laughs> he's taking a long bath. I mean, we really, we haven't explored much of our oceans, so Lord only knows what's out there. I mean, I don't think Bigfoot would be there, but. Never you know. never know. Maybe his big feet are what help him swim fast. Yeah. Gives him some kind of buoyancy. <laughs> or they just make him sink. <laughs> yeah. And he's walking along the bottom of the. I think you started raising an interesting uh, idea earlier, and that is the idea that it could be a split off of, you know, our ancestry as humans, like our evolutional ancestry, where um, because they have found evidence that multiple different variations of, of sapien, like human, you know, ancestors uh existed at the same time like homo sapiens and and the caveman the neanderthal did coexist and so i don't think that it's incredibly far-fetched to think that either the neanderthal or or another offshoot also existed or continued to exist and evolved like we did they would have to find a different way to do that and maybe tucking in and you know being a hunter-gatherer type species and hiding from the the scary you know yeah. further expanding world was the way to do it yeah but that also raises the question with like how would they still remain hidden i mean a lot of a lot of the world has been mapped out by google or satellite imagery and all that so we unless they've found like some sort of like a world underneath like the ice caps and all oh that. yeah i don't remember the name of the movie what the reference is still cemented there so maybe it was like a there's journey like the, the center hole. of the earth I think. yeah there's like yeah. the hole in the ice caps that you can yeah. go in and go yeah and then there's like this whole like prehistoric area it's like maybe that's just full of big feet and then they come out and <laughs> big feet yeah. and the dinosaurs yeah or they could be cave dwelling too i mean you know how do we not they could be subterranean of yeah. sorts i mean it is possible to live in a subterranean type setting. They share the area with the lizard people. That's right. <laughs> lizard people and big feet unite. <laughs> I mean, that they're both somewhat animal, human species crossbreeds mm. from description. So why not? <laughs> Moan for Bigfoot. <laughs> oh. Stay thirsty for the unusual with Till the Last Drop. So if Bigfoot, by any chance, is not an actual creature, what else might it be? What could these people be seeing? Well, there's 
a lot of different uh, potential explanations for sightings. You know, big one being just plain misidentification. Yeah, people see something like a bear. Um, I think a lot of times. Barefoot. <laughs> I like being barefoot. <laughs> I believe that a lot of the, or at least some of the footprints that have been captured or recorded, um, you know, taken casts of, yeah. have later been identified to be those of bears. Yeah. I mean, bears can get rather large and they can stand on their hind legs. Yeah. Oh, that also reminds me, like... I don't remember where it came from, but like there was like the ass print. What? <laughs> remember like they, somebody put like a bunch of food out and there was like the mud all around and oh, they kind of yeah. drawed it out and it's like, oh, it could be like a Bigfoot kind of sitting down and kind of reaching over or it could be a deer. I remember <laughs> like they had that big mud hole yeah. and they thought that a Bigfoot like laid in it Yeah. and I couldn't see it. And then they, you know, drew around the edge yeah. and in the picture and I mean... Had like some Bigfoot in some sauntry pose, like reaching over to grab some right. fruit. He was I mean, like, like being in his, in his sexy pose. <laughs> He's like all splailed out. Moan um, for Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like they did later say, well, yeah, it could have been a deer. Like yeah. <laughs> it's either Bigfoot or a deer. Yeah. I believe they might have even found hair samples in there that mm. I think might have gone to, uh well, later analyzed as deer i don't remember though <clears throat> i just remember that coming up at some point right so. um i know uh, there's also hoaxes i yeah. mean yeah. i think you're any of these cryptids you're going to have some at least that are likely hoaxes yeah yeah because- think of the jersey devil we saw like some like helium filled like inflatable that's uh floating around and looks like it was on like a drone or something just like zipping all over the place mm-hmm. like, yeah it, it can be done so i mean the and i think some of the videos and stuff have been ruled as hoaxes yeah um, especially the ones where you can clearly see the cg kind of skipping from frame to frame <laughs> those are my favorite though i, I mean like good them. attempt on anybody who's doing that if you're getting into like editing but I like the really blatantly bad hoaxes. And then I think it's really interesting to see the people that are hardcore, you know, believers that will defend those hoaxes. And I mean, good on you for believing in something. You got to have some standards, too. If I see like the creature like jumping frames, I'm going (laughs) to be skeptical regardless. Uh, Or what we saw... I think it was Siren Head. Yep. We saw that one where it was clearly somebody used like MS Paint and drew him and and threw it in there. And that one was later revealed to be a hoax. That one, well, yeah. (laughs) Clearly tell that it doesn't matter. When it it doesn't stay on the ground and it makes no motion of jumping, then it's probably just an overlaid image. (laughs) But it was so bad. It was good. And that can easily happen with Bigfoot, too. I mean, I've got a ghillie suit. I mean, I could mm-hmm. go out into the woods at night and, like, and that's the other part. At, at night, the cover of darkness is going to, like, make people think of different things anyway. Right. If I was really willing to, like, run out in front of traffic wearing a ghillie suit and a gorilla mask, yeah, somebody would think they saw Bigfoot. I mean, we were just watching a movie earlier about a guy in a ghillie suit <laughs> with a mask that... Out. was mistaken for bigfoot yeah. i there's there's lots of things and again i think a lot of it comes down to 
you're in an unfamiliar setting. Um, you know, you're, you see something and you're not sure what it is. Usually I think a lot of times the sighting seems to be at a distance. You're going to relate it to something that your brain knows. Yep. And so. Or, I mean, you may not be of sound mind at the time too. You may just uh, (laughs) think you see something and it's not really there. I mean, like maybe you're, Maybe you're out in your back woods and you're cleaning up your still and you see some hairy creature. Mm, when the shine starts kicking in. <laughs> yeah. So that's a note for later in the episode when we obviously <laughs> touch on it. By the way, our future drink this time around is going to be moonshine because we figure that nothing screams Bigfoot other than, uh, I don't know, an illegal drink or a, <laughs> a historically illegal drink that has been made in the backwoods of the southern u.s and all that for a good portion of time yeah the mountains and bigfoot likes to live in the mountains Mm -hmm. maybe there is some unspoken bond between bigfoot and some of the hoochers Mm -hmm. if you will maybe that's who they're using to protect their stills yeah bigfoot is being paid in moonshine to protect the stills why not although that's not really the case anymore now it is a little bit more legal legal. yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, another theory that people have is that Bigfoot is actually Gigantopithecus, which kind yeah. of relates back to, again, something we've already touched on. Um, and they think that uh, Bigfoot could be a relic population of Gigantopithecus. And even though all Gigantopithecus fossils were found in Asia... Many species of animals did migrate across the Bering Land Bridge, and it's been suggested that maybe Gigantopithecus also did so. Yeah. Um, fossils have not been found in the Americas, and the only recovered fossils are the mandibles and teeth. So they're not 100% sure, but mm. I mean, it's been discovered that, you know, mammoths and things like that yeah. were in areas that they previously thought. Well, and that's the other part of it too. You could imagine that, like, if if they had a little bit of a background intellect behind them too. I mean, like, if there's communities of these behind, I mean, I imagine that they could potentially even be smart enough to reuse the dead. Not so much as like, oh, we got to bury our dead or anything like that, but like, oh, your your bones can be used as a club, or like they can be used as spear points or whatever. However, they would have done their hunting i mean maybe that's why there's so little evidence because they've been repurposed right so i mean that would make sense as far as the survival side of things making them into tools using what you have available i mean mean, hell what's better than getting a coat than one that fits you exactly (laughs) so a coat made of the skin of your ancestors this is a gigantic coat yes (laughs) oh that's weird and morbid but you know it could have been you never know yeah that go also goes on to like the communication of them as well like you never know what bigfoot like we hear about howls and like whoops and hollers and all that kind of stuff that you think that a bigfoot might make and a lot of it comes from like uh primate research and kind of the calls that are being used there but and then the idea that maybe even bigfoot's communicating like a mumbling and a grunting style rather than like just outright or anything like that like i said there there you go there's the siren head right there 
But there's um, been a lot of recordings that have been taken in the woods that people claim they're not. I don't know if they necessarily claim outright that they are in fact Bigfoot, but it's something that they're not familiar with. Yeah. But then and, again, there's a lot of sounds that you can be unfamiliar with. I mean, the sound of a rabbit screaming or a uh, mountain lion how, like howling and screeching or even a goat yelling <laughs> at you. <laughs> well, and there have been a lot of cases where people thought that they heard a woman being attacked and yeah. it was actually mountain lions screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, when she was a child, she had a pet rabbit. And she's told me the story about how one day she was in her house and all of a sudden she heard a blood curdling scream and she thought that a person was being attacked in her backyard. And when she went, ran out there, it was her pet dog and it was chasing her pet rabbit (laughs) and her pet rabbit was scared for its life. And it was screaming as if a, it was a person, like it sounded like a person screaming. And my mom wasn't sure what to do because she was really caught off guard by the fact that that sound was coming from a rabbit. The rabbit was fine, by the way. (laughs) But yeah, like, I know if I went out into the woods, I would probably hear a lot of things that I hadn't heard before. Yeah. We're also not familiar with it, too. You don't normally hear the sounds of the wood in the woods unless you're out in the woods regularly. Right. And So. so... But I know I've heard some of the recordings just, you know, over watching different shows and and different documentaries and stuff on it. And they do sound different than anything that I've heard in the past. And when they've had some of them analyzed, sometimes they find them to be, you know, foxes or, or just regular animals that are native to the areas that they're in. And other times they have found that the ranges of yeah. of the the vocalizations are not within that of a human and it doesn't really match that of any creatures that we have on record and that it comes off like they're they have actual patterns of speech like the sounds that you're hearing are language yeah <laughs> It turns out like they're really old creatures and they speak in Latin. And that's why we just don't understand them because we don't really know Latin. We don't even know the accent for no. people who speak Latin. Right. So, so maybe it is Latin. Was it Eddie Izzard's like interpretation of like Latin? Where are the Romans? It was like, that's like the <laughs> accent they could have had or something. Mm-hmm. It's either that or we're just going to go out in the woods one day and then we're going to hear out of nowhere, Clatu Barana Nicto. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't think that's Latin. No. There's going to be a uh, Bigfoot summoning, like, the Bigfoot harmony of darkness summoning. out there. No, not the, the Bigfoot will just, be summoning, I not know. summoning Bigfoot. But <laughs> Maybe he's summoning more Bigfoots. I, you never know. Big that's feet. how they cross the dimensional plane. They need one as, like, a scout. And then if the area is clear, he sets up the ritual site and then summons the others to gather more. Like they're just, supplies and then they're they just exit coming the between gate. the yeah the veil <laughs> yeah <clears throat> somehow bigfoot has become some dimensional traversing like nomad <laughs> he's a lovecraftian creature well maybe who knows maybe hp lovecraft was onto something i think hp lovecraft was onto a lot of things i don't think or on a lot of things that's not what I said, but I knew you were going to take it <laughs> But then it that again, way. Bigfoot doesn't have a lot of tentacles, so 
think we're okay. True. And he, his name is just Bigfoot, and Sasquatch is not very. It's not like Big Fuckaloosha or something. <laughs> I I don't know. It, it's like half a dozen consonants, maybe one vowel if you're lucky, and maybe like twenty different uh, apostrophes. <laughs> There's a lot of people naming their kids those names these days. Yeah, a lot of Lovecraft fans. That's right. The night is dark. The spirits are restless. They demand. To be poured until the last drop. So, what is our drink of the evening, Andrew? Well, kind of already made a little bit of a hint to it by directly mentioning that Bigfoot <laughs> could be the bodyguard for most of these uh, mountain stillers. I hinted at it by talking directly <laughs> about yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, in this case, we've got some moonshine because although we could have done like some sort of alien on the moon... Uh, beaming light to us in some sort of radio signals to, I mean, moon and shine. In the case of using Bigfoot, sounded a little bit better. I think it's more appropriate for yeah. Bigfoot. I mean, it, mountain, woods, Bigfoot, I mean, they all kind of go together. Right. Um, and this is also something that was very hidden as well when it was starting up in Prohibition as well. Because, you know, it's illegal to make moonshine. It's illegal to move it around and all that. And Bigfoot is also something that you wouldn't see normally. So you wouldn't see these shiners out making their right their right. quantities and so in this case we went with a just a sampler pack because we've noticed that the old smoky brand has plenty to choose from so they do in this case it was a six pack that came with two of their white lightning styles flavor and, uh, yeah flavor <laughs> i i don't know if i could say flavor <sighs> it's not a flavor it is very like direct with the alcohol rather than a taste however mm -hmm. they do have some that have flavors to them i mean mm -hmm. they have a nice apple pie which i believe was very very exceptional they've got a hunch punch which is your standard kind of like fruit punch style it's like a hawaiian punch yeah and then they um, have blackberry yeah the blackberry i think the blackberry was pretty good too but i believe it was a 40 proof so it's it's a little uh mild yeah. blackberry is 40 proof mild yeah that's mild <laughs> Yeah, and their their hunch punch is uh, eighty proof. Yeah. The apple pie. I think that was also an the one that we have is seventy proof. Oh. But okay. you said that they also have it in a lower. Yeah, in their in their larger <laughs> sizes, they've got it at both the seventy proof and a forty proof. And the white lightning is a hundred proof. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice. And the other one that we have that came in this sampler was Blue Flame. And that one is 120. It's tiny writing on these tiny yeah, bottles. Yeah, I know. It's 128 proof. Yeah. Uh, they also go a little bit higher, too. They have a 153 proof as well. But at that point, I feel that you're just losing any kind of flavor at all. But then again... I didn't even think that, like... I personally didn't think that the White Lightning or the Blue Flame had any flavor yeah other know. than i'm searing and sterilizing all of my internals with this yeah. um so i can't imagine higher than that i know in general i don't usually like to go above uh, 120 proof on a lot of things because you end up losing the flavor and you're just getting all alcohol burn and it's not it's not really enjoyable at that point right so i mean i i imagine that you could probably mix these higher proof with 
different things that yeah. were pretty potent flavors and, and get something. Yeah. Well, they, since they package these all in Mason jars, mm-hmm. it's actually not only an interesting way to package them, but they've also come up with the idea to put like solid foods in them too. For instance, like they pack cherries, they have their moonshine cherries packed in the hundred proof white lightning, or you could get pickles packed in like, I think it was like a 40 proof or something. Hmm. Um, they also have peaches as well. So, oh, the peaches would probably be good. Yeah. Um, I know I've had cherries that were left in vodka before and yeah. they were pretty good. So I imagine that that would be good to have them in the moonshine and then to use those in drinks would be really cool too. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't, it's not unfamiliar to infuse flavors of alcohol and all that too. I mean, like right. you can essentially do it at home and, but they've done a pretty decent job of getting the flavors right there. If you're just looking for something quick and easy. I know I, I did really enjoy the, um, the hunch punch and the blackberry. Those were my favorites. The apple pie was good. Um, I just don't think it's something that I would typically, it's not a flavor that I think of drinking. Well, if they team up with Jelly Belly, you never know. (sighs) That's a company (laughs) that knows how to make their artificial flavors. They do. Um, Anyway, a a brief little bit of information on the Old Smoky brand. They were actually the first uh, federally legal distillery for moonshine in East Tennessee. Hmm. Um, I don't have a date as far as when that (laughs) happened, but I mean, this is the best I can get from their company info. Then they go with a lot of tradition. I mean, this is also like kind of a family recipe, I suppose. And they have over, I think, I think I saw five different distilleries in total that produce. So, and they also do whiskeys and all that as well. So, and like you said, they have, they have a lot of different flavors that they offer too outside of what we've tried here and i would imagine that those flavors are probably just as good yeah and i think that this i've never even heard of this brand beforehand Mm -hmm. i mean like obviously i'm familiar with moonshine but like the biggest draw that like turned me on to this was that they had pickles in moonshine i'm like (laughs) what a weird thing like i haven't seen that specifically i remember when you told me about it you were excited about the apple pie one too yeah and I think it's really, I think it's cool when you can get something like this sampler set. Yeah, I mean, this one was offered through a, an external site, but you can probably find these in most like distributors as well. Um, obviously, sample packs are probably one of the best ways that a company can get like the word out and have people like taste something. Obviously, with something like this too, because I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in the idea of moonshine. I mean, there's this myth behind it and it's like oh it's some illegal super powerful like alcohol that's out there and you feel like you're driving a a very yellow muscle car (laughs) through the mountains and delivering goods and all that and it seems like maybe this could help reenact somebody's fantasy i guess i mean i think most people like bigfoot most people have probably at least heard of moonshine oh yeah and I know I had heard of it. I'd never tried it. I heard it was, you know, pretty, pretty intense, <laughs> powerful alcohol. And it did not disappoint in that no, regard. No, no, no. At Till the Last Drop, we'd like to hear your stories, not have you become the story. So please drink responsibly.
So moonshine itself, it hasn't always been moonshine. It's actually like in England, it started as a word to describe any work that was done at night by the light of the moon, and it wouldn't describe illegal liquor until the late 1800s. So the practice of, and actually the practice of distilling moonshine wasn't a violent endeavor. It wasn't illegal. It only was actually illegal once prohibition hit. One alcohol in general. Yeah. But on top of that, it wasn't so much that it was illegal. It was more difficult to sell it mainly because of that was the taxes and all that. Mm. So you could produce it for yourself. You could trade it between. But the second that you started to actually sell it for profit, that's when it became really difficult for government side of things. Gotcha. It became a little bit more popular mainly because immigration. Uh, in the years just before the revolution, a mass influx of Scotch-Irish migrants moved from the northern Irish countries to the English colonies in North America. Uh, they weren't the only immigrants since Germans were making their way over in large numbers as well. But there was a obviously a very big difference between the groups. <laughs> yeah. Um, about the migrants at the time, they were saying when the English would arrive in the New World, the first thing they would do would build a church, the Germans would build a barn, and the Scotch-Irish would build a whiskey still. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's one way of defining kind of the people that were coming over at the time. But <laughs> right. then again, we all know that there was a, a big uh, difference between like the Irish and Scotch and the English at the time. Right. I mean, hundreds of years of, let's say disagreements. Disagreements. <laughs> yeah, of disagreements. This is Till the Last Drop, and you're listening to this next section on our tab. So to kind of wrap it up, we went a bit over Bigfoot. Obviously, he has big feet. Um, <laughs> maybe more than one Bigfoot could be called a big feet. I think I think they're big feet. Big feet. Attacked by a herd of big feet. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds right. A herd or would it be like a mob? A mob of big feet? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you would classify like a grouping a of gang. Bigfoot. A gang of big feet. A gang of big yeah, feet. <laughs> a Bigfoot gang. Yeah, I like that. They'd be coming out like the sharks and the jets, you know? <laughs> yeah. Some of them are wearing blazers and... They got the pompadour, the yeah. slicked back hair, and <laughs> yeah. they're dancing. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of like, they could have regional differences. So like, instead of like a Yeti, it'd be like just wearing a different style of gang attire for different countries. We could even have like a Yakuza themed for uh, Japan because it seems like we see like the overemphasized pompadours in like various animes and all that, like to a comical yeah. sense. Yeah. Like the gang boss has always got a massive pompadour to, I don't know, Jealous express their, his. Their pompadour skills. Yeah, it's to like, express his dominance. He mm -hmm. uses it as a tool to beat his subordinates over the head with his oversized pompadour. All right. That's an <laughs> image I Someone need. will get that reference. Um. I do, too. I just didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, as part of this wrap up, I mean, that was completely off topic, but I like it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we did go over a little bit of the different origins of Bigfoot or a massive humanoid creature in different countries. Uh, yeah, the different variations. Yeah. And even uh, potentially where he could have come from or what he might be doing and maybe even how they kind of hide. Or something too right we uh, talked about some of the different potential explanations 
for all the sightings. Yeah. Or the, you know, like you were saying, the potential origin of uh, it possibly being a ancestor or an evolution, I guess not an ancestor, an evolution from uh, Gigantopithecus. Yeah. Or even Gigantopithecus itself in mm-hmm. some way. Um, and of course, and thinking about it, we may end up touching back on Bigfoot later on, but I'm not sure. Maybe Bigfoot and pop culture, we might be able to do a little bit more later. I think that might be interesting because there is a lot on Bigfoot everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. He's got a big cult following, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of went into a drink that seems very Bigfoot appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about like the in the wilderness and the mountains and the woods and all that kind of stuff. Um, I can think of two things that you might end up seeing. I mean, you may see Bigfoot and you may see somebody making alcohol. Although now it's a little bit more toned down and you can actually legally produce it. Right. But with Moonshine being so, so well known for maybe some crazy Moonshiner out in the woods, just Mm -hmm. like got to still set up and you have no idea. Maybe he was going to run at you with like a shotgun or something and you never know. Um, Anyway, so we decided to grab some of the uh, old smoky moonshine and give that a shot. And it's an interesting little sampler that we had. It's a nice way to get a feel for the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how some of the flavors could be interesting, but honestly, like it's not, not really my style of drinking either. I mean, I, I'm either going to want to taste what the alcohol has to offer directly or, if it's going to be mixed with something, I'd rather it be mixed with the ingredients at the time rather than like a pre-flavored kind of alcohol. Right. But that's purely personal preference. Not to say that they were bad. No. It's just personally. Right. It's its its own thing. Yeah. So, of course, obviously, I'd recommend anybody to try it if you have the opportunity to. Of course, they have their pickles and peaches and cherries and all of that. I still think the peaches would be good. Yeah. Yeah, so that should be all for this episode. Hopefully you guys will stick around, listen to some more. and Thank you for staying until the last drop. Yep, and thank you for being patient with us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening till the last drop. For more paranormal experiences served up with a themed drink, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts.